as brown people, the topic of periods, sex, understanding your reproductive health is very low key. Puberty wasn't something that was new to me because all of my friends were like getting underarm hair and like some girls had started their periods already. Yeah. Where do you stand on that? Do you feel like it's the job of the schools to do it or do you think it's family? I now know when I get to like day 26, I know that if it isn't already here, it's coming, like I'm cautious. It was rooted in shame and people are just like, oh, do you know what? I'm just gonna do what I want. Yeah. And I'll take more than else. She didn't almost get hurt and she, didn't, she definitely didn't almost get pregnant. <laughs> this idea that if you have premarital sex, you are dirty, you are used, and you are cheating on your future husband because you have to be a virgin when you get married, it is a Christian idea. Mm. End. Time is money. So spend yours listening to me talk about things that are important to me and my people. Time is money. (laughs) Welcome to Maya's Minutes with me, Maya. This is the first episode of the first series, Periods, Postpartum and Power. And I would like to introduce you to my incredible guest, my good friend, fellow female health enthusiast, natural family planning teacher, amazing mother i know she looks like 15 but she is actually grown <laughs> and all around inspiration jazz free also known as core health oh that was such a cute intro and the, do you know why i said the whole thing about you look young when you came to my birthday loads of my friends were like she's got a kid <laughs> they thought you literally look like 17 i think it's because i don't wear makeup maybe but you have got a young face i do as well but i think sometimes i can look more grown yeah despite I think my young face thing. Yeah. yeah, but I hardly wear makeup. Yeah, but when you do... You look grown, true. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay, cool. Right, tell me a little bit about how we ended up here. What led you to doing everything you're doing and what qualifies you to be the number two on this series? <laughs> <laughs> so how did we get here? Okay, let's just rewind. Please. I'm a natural family planning teacher. What does that even mean? It's just mm. really wordy. That is just like the technical term of what I do. I teach people fertility awareness, which might be a bit more well known to your listeners mm-hmm. it's basically a form of in-depth cycle tracking so if you have a period and you don't know what's going on you need to learn most of the time yeah most of the time which most people don't know what's going on you need to learn fertility awareness this method of cycle tracking which gives you a really in-depth overview of what's going on in your body in any given phase of the cycle so that is what i teach and the reason that i teach this is because as brown people i am punjabi by background as brown people The topic of periods, sex, understanding your reproductive health is very low-key. I wouldn't say low-key as much as non-existent. Yeah, (laughs) there you go. Yeah, it doesn't exist. A lot of us grew up not having that conversation Mm -hmm. at all in any way, like not even a shameful way. Mm. Like it was just, there was no conversation. Literally. And a lot of the time we can get really frustrated at our own people to be like, oh my God, why don't we talk about this? But really the reason we don't have these conversations is because we've internalised Western conservative Christian norms through colonisation. So it's a really, you know, that goes back so far, right? But it Mm. still impacts us today. Like colonisation does impact the way that we live. So for me, training to be a natural family planning teacher and bringing this kind of information this knowledge that to be fair my community already had Mm. back in the day Mm. bringing it back to like the modern south asian the modern punjabi community it's really important Mm. and i've kind of found like in the more recent months of me doing this it's almost been like a form of healing for me i was gonna say yeah it's crazy isn't it like people would say that to me before and i was like what it didn't click for me then because i was just i was just go 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 but then i was like damn i really feel acknowledged and seen and validated yeah as a community i feel like all the women and the couples and the people that i speak to about this it's like almost at the end of it they're just like (sighs) yeah it's just like yeah i feel like that too Mm. it's such nice conversations and i don't just teach this to women i do as well like you know you don't necessarily have to be sexually active to learn 
facility awareness. Definitely. You just have to have a period. So some mm. people are single, some people are married. And if you are in a partnership, I always encourage the partner to be there. And when men are there, it's an incredible space mm-hmm. because often men are kind of sidelined in this conversation and they don't really get space to be involved. But when they are involved, it's such a different dynamic. But yeah, that's kind of what I do and why I do it. Amazing. And you may or may not know as well, if you follow both of us, either of us, that we also do did will be doing at some point again retreats and basically that's what we connected on I'd say like we're very much all about women all about the empowerment of women I know that's used to death and I hate saying it because it's just when you hear empowerment of women you just think of white women in gym gear running around I mean what you're saying the validation and the acknowledgement of the fact that despite us coming from marginalized communities or not looking like the norm we found a space to be there for each other, hype each other up and support each other. We created that space. Like for me, I don't see feminism as the thing that I really adhere to. I don't want feminism because for me, feminism is really white women. When they adhere to feminism, they want equality to white men. Mm. I don't want that. Mm. I want humanity. Yeah. And that is another thing where natural family planning really plays a huge part to me. And we'll talk about contraception and stuff and where the humanity comes in. 100%. But it's so important to make space for marginalised groups because they are the ones that are silenced. We don't hear those stories. Yeah. So even though I look like this and I talk about sex, like that's like a really weird thing for people. But, but I think that's, what, so that's why I put power in the title of the series because... It's so important to normalise, just like everybody, you know, wheeze or poos. Everyone has sex as well. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. no matter what you look like, and no ma- and the thing is, just even saying that, like, oh, because we look a certain way, who's told us, which obviously we know the answer to, yeah. but certain people have told us that we don't look like the sexual beings that you know yeah. we should if you want to be having sex. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're very, it's very pushed upon us as a society what the norms are basically and if you don't look like them it's very easy to feel that they don't apply to you yeah. um information isn't accessible to you and that massively, is massively and that is why i'm with only sick women like me where do, where was i supposed to go to talk about sex mm. when i got married mm. like where am i supposed to go to be like what are my contraceptive options nowhere mm. <laughs> to figure it out myself Literally. and luckily i stumbled across books i've got sisters i've got a support system but for those people who don't where do they go mm. and It's really sad because when it comes to sex and periods, reproductive health, all of the conversations that you will have, they're not meaningful, they're not intentional, they're really rooted in fear and shame. And again, that's a conservative Christian thing. Mm -hmm. That is not a Punjabi thing. Because when I speak to my grandparents and my great-grandparents, which luckily I was fortunate enough to meet my great-grandma, I know that that generation does not hold the same shame that my generation does when it comes to talking about sex. I 100% know. Because in private... It's the conversations conversations are crazy. And again, that is because they were actually there before colonisation. So, you know, even though colonisation seems like it's this really far away thing, it's actually not that far away. But the way that it's impacted us. So undoing that is it's really powerful. Mm. And it's something as well, because when I say the whole, like what you just said about feminism and how I don't really identify with it, people lose their mind. And they'll be like, you, you're all about women. Like, I thought you were a feminist. Like, they really lose it. But how I see it is... As a white woman, it's like if you're listening to this, you should already know white women have a privilege. And obviously we all have privileges, but 
the white privilege is a different one and white women they're coming from a different entry point you're fighting for things like equal pay at work or maybe like Jeez, the, I'm right, for a job. the right <laughs> to vote and all these kind of things on things which I'm not saying I'm not diminishing them they're important however my entry point her entry point other women's entry points are very different I'm fighting for not for me personally but people who look like me in the communities that I belong to might be in marriages where they're domestically abused might not have a voice where they can actually come out and say this isn't okay or I'm not happy about this might not even be getting treated well at work let alone equal pay like they might like you say might not even get in the job <laughs> might not even be getting the interviews just because of their name for example so these are the things and feminism as it stands today still very much identifies with those issues that affect white women so for me I don't feel seen acknowledged or important in that conversation so I don't really get on board with it and exactly like you say I'm here for humanity and human rights really that would be a start I wouldn't mind that <laughs> so yeah that's just clearing that up because I know people are going to jump straight to that. But people don't get it, in it. Like, I think so many people go on Instagram, read a couple of posts, and they're like, yes, understand patriarchy, understand capitalism, understand feminism. Yeah, it's just, that's not how it's going to work. Dive a bit deeper and do the work, and the work is never ending. So. Yeah, exactly. Right, so what we're here to talk about today, this is the first episode and I haven't yet thought of a title for the episode, but I'm sure by the end of this, I'll know one. So I can't even give you the title of this episode, but I know that we will be speaking a lot about periods mainly and we will be speaking about contraception. But Maya's Minutes is a series of content. So this entire series, we're pretty much going to be speaking about the same things, but just in different levels and with more depth if you just do a one episode if i just had you here for one time i can't get into much do you know what i mean we just scratch the surface but she's here for whole episodes <laughs> so we're going to get under that surface and in and around it so yeah periods and contraception is today so tell me about your first period i didn't know it was a period okay. i didn't know what it was okay it was a really weird it's just really weird so you didn't know it was a period nothing no no one's like, ever oh told you God. No, I went, the thing, this is the thing, I went to all the sex education classes. Mm. I went to, never missed a lesson at school like that. So, like, I was supposed to know what a period was, but you mm-hmm. don't. Again, sex education in schools is rooted in shame. And I don't think that's the teacher's fault. I think uh, the, the education, yeah, the curriculum. But then also, you know, a teacher will go to school to learn about English and train to be an English teacher. Mm. Same with math, same with every other subject. But when sex education is just like, oh, you're a maths teacher? Yeah, you can teach sex. Literally. So, what, uh, I mean? what was so the one that fair. we used to have? PSHC? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really cannot remember what that even stands for. And that was when we had all the sex education and stuff, not, it was just in PSHCE. It wasn't its own... Yeah, yeah, it was just part of that weird subject. What? Yeah. So it's not... There's there's no emphasis on sex education. So obviously, you leave not really knowing. You just laugh. Did you ever have a conversation with mums and sisters about periods? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Only when I came on my period. Right. Before then, there wasn't like a sit down. This is what happens to your body every month. No. Okay. No. That's not something that happened. And that's okay. Like... Where do you stand on that? Do you feel like it's the job of the schools to do it? Or do you think it's family and or both? As a parent, yeah, I think it's my job to tell my kid. I totally agree, yeah. We talk about everything. He's only two. Mm. And I already talked to him about like so many, so many different things. Yeah. So, yeah, like I do think it's like down to the... Yeah, no, I agree with you. I had a very different experience in that. Um, When I was about, I think maybe eight, maybe nine, we were on holiday as a family and my dad was like come here come here come here and I was like okay and he was like right and him and my mum sat there and they 
told me everything biologically. Mom? He was he was like he's three years younger than me. He's like five, running around like. Okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they told me all the biological answers and reality of periods. What made them do that whilst you're on holiday? I don't know. It wasn't like a specific holiday thing. I think it was an age and it was like okay. they had the time, I guess. Okay. And they were just like, yeah. It wasn't traumatic or anything. It yeah, didn't, no, it it didn't come it. It just out. Random. Yeah, it didn't. And to be fair, I think it was my dad who isn't Punjabi. My mum's Punjabi, but my dad is from Trinidad and a more Western in his mentality. Yeah. So I feel like that was what made it less weird for him to talk about yeah. those kind of things yeah. and that was a continued theme as I grew up whereas my mum was very like couldn't talk about things of kept course. everything very biology not emotion do you know what mm. I mean so it was weirder to her than it was him and she mm. was really uncomfortable through the whole conversation whereas he was very calm and explaining it all and yeah he just said once a month eggs that aren't used oh will come God, out and they'll come out as blood and you might feel a bit you know and then every now and then my mum would jump in and be like you're gonna get a bellyache or blah 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 okay. um and it's nothing to be worried about blah 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 and then they said about sex and they were like a man and a woman only when they love each other. Only when they love each other. <laughs> only when they're married. <laughs> only when they love... You didn't say... You know, only when they're over 25. Yeah, he doesn't care about concepts yeah, like marriage no, no. and that, but <laughs> but love. Yeah. And, like, it was... Uh, no, he didn't even say that. He said, when the doctor tells them. <laughs> <laughs> Which, for years, I actually believed. And when I heard people having sex, I was like, are they all going doctors? And Literally. Yeah, so they told me about that. And he said, like, sperm and what sperm does and eggs and Which, fertilization. Which, by the way, sperm doesn't actually do much. I mean, his knowledge, what I know now... No, of course. ...is he like... Tried, yeah, a hundred... Like, that was like... That's A-level. That's Look, A-level. That's a degree. Literally. You got a degree Literally. in sex education Literally. from that one combo. Yes, and then... So then when I... So that was like when I was like, maybe let's say nine... 10 maybe yeah. then I actually started my period when I was 11 mm-hmm. uh, just about to start secondary school and did school. you know exactly what it was no it was yeah. brown I always thought it'd be, see? Ye- I always thought it'd be see? red this is why I didn't know either because I was like what the f is this and I just hid it I just hid it until my sister found it and she's like you started I was like I didn't know what this was <laughs> where did you hide your knickers yeah where did you hide them just put them in the washing basket <sighs> I was just like I don't know what this is wow. it wasn't like I was like I maybe I didn't consciously hide it yeah, you just thought, I'll do that later, kind of thing. I guess I did consciously hide it. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, oh. that was the thing. So again, I was going to say, mine's really different. I came on and I was just called my mum. I was like, mum! Yeah, I was going to say, you and screamed. Then, yeah, I scream at everything. <laughs> and also before this, I was so excited to start because I thought that was like a woman thing. I couldn't wait to get boobs and I couldn't wait to start my period. I would always be like, I can't wait. And I'd pretend. Mm. As soon as I found out about them, I would always, like every couple of weeks, I'd be like, I started my period. And my mum would be like, I know you haven't. And I hadn't, obviously. Mm. But then when I did, I was like, ah! and then she was like, and then she, I was, I just got up, like, woke up I was sat on the toilet and she saw my knickers and she yeah. was like you just started your period and she gave me a hug and kissed Aww, me and that's I was such like, a nice and she said that she did that because when she started hers she, she hid hers <laughs> she hid hers she yeah. was in bed with her I think she slept like with her sisters yeah, or something yeah. and she like they that's like there was some like leaked in the bed sort of thing yeah. and then someone was like who did that obviously knowing it was her and then one of her sisters was like you use these and that was it that was extent see so your mum and me are the same generation because mm. your mum's my mum's mom, older than her don't worry no, yeah. <laughs> but your mum's 
mum is yeah from she's the yeah but she's the child of immigrants she's the first generation she was born here yeah, yeah so but that's they, like me exactly so me and your mum had a really similar very similar exactly so when it came to me and then i went to school the next day i told like a lot of people because <laughs> I, I didn't know what's the problem here and also don't forget as well this is an interesting point i grew up in east london and so in east london very diverse there was a lot of different girls and background obviously and boys but there's a background of loads of different people and so periods and like puberty wasn't something that was new to me because all of my friends were like getting underarm hair and like some girls had started their periods already and then when I moved to Barnet North London everyone was white and no one had like had any puberty happen so like yeah I know and it was like even just like women maturing body wise like boobs bum I had boobs I had bum I had hips from about the time I started my period as did my friends in East London but in North London where it's mainly white girls that wasn't happening there was so it was strange. very much skinny and that there was no you sign of puberty <laughs> there's no sign of puberty do you know what I mean mm. and so that I I wonder does that play into beauty standards and why again we're used oh, and shamed 100%. and do you know what I mean because 100%. at the time Nobody was them times. Do you think anyone wanted to be thick? Do you think anyone wanted to have a bum? Listen, anyone wanted to have? No do you know what I mean? It's crazy that that was the reality. But in those times, had that been the thing, and had everybody wanted to look like that, then it would have made a lot of younger girls' lives easier mm-hmm. because a lot of us were maturing. A lot of us did have boobs. And then what was so sad? I wished for my boobs for so long, and then when they came, because of the beauty standards that I was now surrounded by, I was to be ashamed I was mm. like trying to hide it I hated my body I hated all of that stuff that made me different to what what I was being told I should look like or what would be desirable not even to men but just societal acceptance you know what I mean other girls around me and stuff like that yeah so in short I had a good period experience but all around it I feel like the conditions weren't there for me to really embrace and be happy because even though at home my mum was like yeah and excited for me went to school all the girls there no one started their periods no one knew what like oh god like that so then I was being met by that and I was just like okay then maybe I shouldn't talk about this and yeah that's normal don't talk about it yeah so when did it change for you if at all was there ever like a positive kind of feeling towards it at some point (laughs) oh really no yeah so when probably when I was about 25 and I started to actually look into my period in like an independent way and be like, okay, do you know what? what's actually going on? Mm. Because like this thing happens every month, but what actually is it? And you don't, I don't know if anyone's ever done this, but I speak to my clients about this a lot. And I'm just like, have you ever gone on the internet and tried to read a blog post about your period? Never. And they're like, yeah, I have. But like, it doesn't make any sense. Okay. Or yeah. like they've Googled it or something. Do you know what I mean? They've yeah. tried to figure it out. Yeah. Just don't make any sense. They're just like the egg this, estrogen that, progesterone, blah, 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 ovulation, bleed. And it's just all, like, it's just mumbo jumbo. Yeah. Like, it literally no, just does not make sense. Yeah. And also those words weren't used when we were being taught about periods. The only word I remember from period education or sex education is discharge. That's it. Oh my God. Yeah. Even so there's just so many misconceptions with like your period. So like discharge is something that is actually associated with an infection. It's yeah. not something that you're going to get every month. That's something completely different. That's cervical fluid. That's to do with your fertility. But they use discharge to describe cervical fluid yeah. and cervical mucus. And I believe that is a huge, huge problem, which we'll get onto when we talk about sex and contraception. The majority of girls 
when you're young and horny and a teenager and you want to start having sex, you rely on knowledge that you've got from sex education, as limited as it is. And you're given the teaching that you have discharge at certain times of the month. If you were told that that's actually cervical mucus, and when it's in different phases, it can mean that if you have sex, unprotected sex on those days where you have the, that cervical fluid, then you will definitely, or very high possibility of getting pregnant. I think girls would avoid having sex on those days. Even if they don't want to use contraception, even if they're not familiar with those kind of concepts, they would just very easy to understand on those days, if I have sex without using anything, I'm going to get pregnant. They would just avoid those days. But we don't have the knowledge to know that. I didn't know that until a year ago and I'm 26 now. Do you know what I mean? Like you say, 25. So how, like so many of my friends had teenage pregnancies not planned and extremely traumatic because Mm -hmm. a lot of the time they weren't in a position to have the baby or whatever. And I feel like a lot of that would be avoided if they just had a bit more knowledge and they knew that cervical mucus isn't discharge and discharge isn't this thing which is just extra in your knickers. Like we need to know what that means so that we can act appropriately and, you know, hopefully prevent unwanted pregnancies. Yeah, and also like cervical fluid, a lot of people end up internalising this idea that discharge and cervical fluid, fluid that's only present during obviously during your fertile phase is something disgusting mm. so it means that they start wearing um like panty liner all the time i used to do that and i was waiting to so many women and i'm like why do you do it and they're like because i just don't like the feeling i'm like all right that's fair but it's really important to dive deep into like why don't you like the feeling what made you not like the feeling mm. of it because it's literally just like, i don't know like it's not I don't know. Mm. It's so funny you say that because since I started, we'll come on to my journey as well in a minute, but I obviously, when we need to talk about contraception, we'll go into it, but I basically stopped contraception and started uh, like monitoring my own yeah. cycles and stuff with your help. <laughs> There's some funny stuff on our page about it, but I have so much more of an insight to what ends up in my knickers, mm. basically, <laughs> and I have such a different feeling towards it. I did used to think it was really like, like you say, dirty and unclean. Do I smell? All of that. Lots of shame, lots of ugh. And now I'm just like, sometimes I'm like, wow, if I wanted to get pregnant, this would help that. Do you know what I mean? Not it's even amazing. just that. Like, so like I said before, it's not just for being sexually active. If you have a period, you need to understand fertility awareness. You need to learn this skill because it's a window into your overall health. Mm. You're going to see what things affect you. Like what, how does stress affect you? Yeah. You're going to see that. You're going to see how travel affects you. You're going to see how bad sleep or good sleep affects you. You're going to see how allergies affect you. It is all reflected in your menstrual cycle. So yeah, it is literally a window into your health. It's something that we don't understand. We're just like, yep, got a period again. It's been about a month. Cool. Literally. And that's it. And there's so many things that go on in between. And the period isn't even the most important part. It's just yeah. the part that we can see. Yeah. So that is why there's so much emphasis on this bleed. The bleed, the bleed, the bleed is so important. But the ovulation is like the most important part in all of this. Mm. When you were younger, did you did anyone encourage you, like when you first got your periods? My mum tried a little bit. I think maybe even they said it in school to like track it by using a calendar so that I would then know when I'm coming on next month. One of my cousins did. She didn't encourage me, but that's how she did it. Mm. But I was like... Yeah, same. I was just like, I just have a surprise every month. Like, I'll I'll sort of know. My belly will hurt a bit, and then I should come on. But the amount of times I've been caught off guard is, is like... I don't think that anyone else has been caught as many times <laughs> because I literally because my body does this thing it's very cheeky it may I'll have a few now I'll have a few period pains like a week before I'm about to come on and then I will feel absolutely fine and I'll feel like like I came on yesterday but the day before yesterday I was 
going gym I was running around I had I had like ovulation energy mm. I was doing my thing and I was like okay maybe I'm just gonna be on a bit later and then the next day it'll come on I know yeah I mean that happens I get that because like your phases aren't always really distinct in that way yeah so long story short until I started tracking as I do now I would be caught off guard every single month like I now know when I get to like day 26 I know that if it isn't already here it's coming like I'm cautious for the next few days do you still days. take your temperature no I just base it on body feelings and yeah, that's basically it. Body what feelings. kind of feelings? Tiredness, emotions, hunger. Yeah, tiredness is a big one. I get this thing like a feeling. It's hard because I go to gym. I'm always basically in pain, but I will get a different type of pain in my joints where I know, okay, this is like periody back pain. Yeah, just like aware of my body, way more aware of my body, yeah, more than I was. I was very, we'll talk about contraception now. I keep skirting around it i want to know what you were told about contraception nothing that conversation didn't happen so contraception again it was a conversation at school that was very much rooted in shame and it all do you know what the t- this conversation always reminds me was it me. shameful for everyone in school for you because you went to a quite a white secondary school didn't you yeah now that i'm thinking about it maybe it wasn't as white as i remember oh really yeah now that i'm thinking about it because when you went to barnet that was white Boy. <laughs> Hella. <laughs> Literally. And you know what's so funny? The white girls from my school think it's diverse. I know. They look back, they're you. like, we had diversity. Because of you. Literally, and three others. <laughs> so I think, I would say like 50% were white. Okay. It's quite a lot. Maybe 60%. So yeah, it was quite white. But right. there was still so like... So was it shameful for all of the... Like, do it you was remember... Weak. I just remember everyone just laughing. Okay. Yeah, it was just a laughing matter. It wasn't something. <laughs> it wasn't something. serious. Yeah, no, it wasn't serious because even the teacher was like, all right, I want, sat down, I was like, I want you all to laugh at me. And we were like, what? Like, no one laughed because there's nothing to laugh at. Mm. Like, what are you on about? So it's just really awkward, isn't it? It's okay. just, yeah, so I don't think anyone took anything practical away from that because I'm sorry, but teenagers. In That's London, not how to get through to them. It's not how to get through to them. Teenagers in London are just doing. <laughs> a madness when we were at school when yeah no, it's crazy the stories that you heard i'm just like we were 12 yeah trust <laughs> so me. clearly that sex education did nothing yeah right? it wasn't intentional it wasn't meaningful mm. it was rooted in shame and people are just like oh do you know what whatever i'm just gonna do what i want yeah and i'll take the morning after pill because yeah. everyone knew about the morning after pill you knew where to get it true and, that one and whatever so i knew so many people so for me because i was the only Punjabi, i always saw myself as different from everyone at school so whatever mm. they were getting involved with i was like nah that's not yeah it's not me that's you lot in it like that's not me so everyone would come in and talk about like oh you can get the pill from here there and like, all right like oh. not relevant to here <laughs> <laughs> not here going in one ear and out of the other like mm. i'm not even allowed to leave my house like, <laughs> how do you want what me to do, do with the pill <laughs> <laughs> so when it came to contraception we learned about barrier methods we learned about the pill and that was literally barrier it. methods means condoms or diaphragm yeah, so in, in the moment of intimacy, that's what a barrier method is. So we learned about those. And this conversation always reminds me of mean girls when I think it's the PE teacher's teaching sex ed and he's like, don't have sex because you will get pregnant and die. And I think that is literally what sex education is. It's just like, look, if you're going to have sex, take the pill. If you're not going to have sex, crack on. <laughs> like, don't worry and about it. And I think I know the answer to this, but the, again, at home, there was no conversation about No, who was I going to talk to about it? My parents are from Punjab. Like, they're... Yeah they're literally immigrants they left a war-torn country mm. do you know what i mean they ain't got time to talk to me they were trying to make money mm. sisters <laughs> okay fine yeah again for me it was that conversation of you'll have sex and die from my mum my mum was very liberal about anything i wanted but to sex. do 
I remember this. Yeah, I remember this. Sex? Yeah. No and way. And the doctor says. Just like, and she, I remember one conversation we had when I was about 17 and she was like, look, I know, and I think I told her I was like chatting to a boy and she was like, look, I know you must be having your little <laughs> urges and I know you must think you want to, you know, but I'm telling you, if you do that, like this is the this thing is what- that she was the most hot on. Go out. I remember. Go you. I remember do you this. Saying that. Do that. Whatever you want to do. Obviously, within reason. She didn't want you to get hurt. She didn't want me to get hurt, and she didn't, she definitely didn't want me to get pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the biggies. <laughs> that was the biggie. Pregnancy was like up there of mad thing for her, yeah. and then the hurt. Like she didn't. What she did wrong, unfortunately, and we have this comp. Like we're really, you know, how close we are. And my mum's also a psychotherapist, so we're able to to do this. Work through things. Yeah. So. What she did was she framed sex to me as a worthiness thing and that will affect future partners, men. Okay, let me just, let me just, sorry, let me just jump straight in. That's why you're here. This is, again, this is such a Christian idea, yeah? So when you go to Catholic school and I have like Catholic school friends, you're basically taught like in assembly that if you have sex... Before you're married, as a woman, I don't know about the boys. Oh, they're, uh, they're free to free it up. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're cheating on your future husband. Yeah, it's a Christian wow. Catholic idea that if you have sex, premarital sex, you are cheating on your future husband. Do not do it. And do you know what's really annoying? We live in a Christian country, right? That idea has seeped into religions like being sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so being sick, I hear these things all the time and I'm just like, I don't know how to explain to you. I've never actually said it to someone. I've heard people I really care about say that kind of shit to me. I haven't even said, you know, that's really wrong. And 100%. you might need to cut that out because I don't know if I can say that. No, I mean, I'll like, send you the audio. <laughs> you might need to cut that. But it's a Christian idea. Yeah. So this idea that if you have premarital sex, you are dirty, you are used, and you are cheating on your future husband because you have to be a virgin when you get married. It is a Christian idea. Mm. End. Wow. But I just had to get that in because it just winds me up so much. Yeah, no. I mean, I didn't know the whole extent of how seeped into culture it is because I feel like for my reality, it hasn't really affected... Other than the sex thing, it hasn't... And even that, like... <laughs> It affected me, but obviously I did eventually have sex at some point, yeah. But I didn't realise this extent of the Christianity Puritan culture until I went to California. Okay. I know, crazy to work out there. But in California, where in my head, because I'm obviously from London, like America is one place. Kim Kardashian's here and like all the rest of America is just around sort of thing. How can you not know? She's like the... Not that I look up to her or anything, but she's a, she's a big deal. Yeah, like, yeah, everyone yeah. knows about her. You, yeah, how sadly. can you not know? <laughs> yeah, especially in California. That's yeah, like yeah, yeah. 10 minutes from where she lives, no? Like, that's how I see it. And I was there, I was on a beach in Laguna Beach, and I was just like, I might just take my bikini off. Like, I'm, do you know what I mean? I'm on holiday. Like, let me just, I do that. And then... Oh, um, oh we know. <laughs> <laughs> and then my friend was like, I don't I don't think you do. You can do that here. Is this your friend who is in lives in California? No, no, who's who I went with. Right, okay. And she was like, I, I don't think you can do that here. I was like... In, like I've gone to places I've gone to uh, I've travelled a lot I've travelled a lot and I've gone to loads of countries mm. and in countries where you would assume would be a bit more conservative I've been allowed to do that that's been fine and you're telling me in California it's a problem like mm. I, I couldn't believe it and then yeah we went home and spoke to her sister who we were staying with and she was like yeah it's built on Puritans like the Puritan culture here is through the roof mm. nobody has sex before marriage nobody I mean people do it but it's severely frowned upon and it's interesting as well I don't know if you watch Married at First Sight but mm. I watched Mar- which you, you should I watched Married at First Sight Australia way better than the English what one. is it do people actually get married like- yeah at first sight 
I know. Anyway, we'll talk about that See, another time. <laughs> um, but in Australia, it's so funny because when you speak to them, when, I don't speak to them, but when they speak to yeah. them, they're like, yeah, you know, I'm 24 now. Like, I just want to be getting married. I just want to be like settling down. I'm like, and then I'm like, I'm 21 years old. Like, I think I'm ready. Like, they're really, really hot on marriage for really sex. I know. Oh, hang on. All right. Again, let me just interject here. Again, so that is like another really, obviously it's a Christian thing. That's what we're talking about. So you get married to have sex. Do you know how much of an impact that has on every other young, religion? Yeah. And young men in particular. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Punjabi boys. Yeah. Punjabi men. Look, they got their problems. But honestly, like I, I can hold a lot of space for them because they don't have they don't have the space to express themselves emotionally have spaces to like be vulnerable or like us they also don't have spaces to talk about sex and intimacy and you know whatever else they want to talk about in an intentional meaningful way i know i keep saying those words but it's really important mm, for those conversation to be intentional and meaningful they don't have the space for that even how how do you navigate that do you feel white men have that space i don't know don't know enough white men mm, and fair enough personally I, I don't care mainly like i want to change the punjabi community i yeah. want them to feel safe to, like to have these conversations and like go forward and not yeah just not feel so shameful about sex yeah they go insane young men go insane thinking that they just need to get married because they are constrained by this idea of religion so they can't express themselves sexually or intimately with someone so they're like okay just gotta get married so i can do this isn't that really problematic? 100%. Totally. It's messed up, but so many people do it. But do you know what upsets me? Christianity doesn't get the heat for this. Of people course not. look at other religions, typically followed by people of different races, and they're like, oh, yeah, so radical. Oh, so bad. For example, Sikhism, Islam, Hinduism, whatever it might be they're the ones that are being really berated and seen as like really problematic whereas christianity that you know we love everyone we do everything yeah i get it but that's just that's just another it's a result of yeah colonization like the white person the christian white savior complex those are like the most amazing people they're they're the people who are like so nice of course they they don't do nothing i was about to start speaking punjabi i'm getting really passionate and then it's the people of color these backwards brute brown and black people who have dragged themselves over to our country and stolen our jobs and they oppress taking our women yeah Yeah, taking our women they (laughs) oppress their women like you know yeah they're they're the problem yeah for sure i get that so funny we were listening to jagdeep's album the other day that's my husband his first album diari and um there's this one lyric in there we rewound it like four times it's so good it's how does it start I'm going to show the world that it's sometimes good to be a terrorist. And he says something before that that rhymes really well. But that line was just so... It was so cool to me. Mm. And I was like, we should get that on a t-shirt. Like, going to show the world that it's sometimes good to be a terrorist. Like, yeah, it is. But I I, I get why people would think that that's insane. This whole concept of Myers Minutes, this is why I say it's about things that are important to me and my people. I feel like as a woman, as a woman of colour, what can be more important than what's going on in your body and how you're being treated by society as a result of that? Do you know what I mean? And I think, unfortunately, so many of us are so disconnected from our bodies because we are told that it's not important and it's not as necessary and we don't fit the idea anyway, so who cares sort of thing. And that is obviously really, really harmful. But we digressed slightly. Just going back to contraception. So what is the scoop with contraception? Because my perspective was, because I didn't even finish about my thing of my contraception 
conversation. My mum was very much like, you're not having sex, so we don't even talk about this, really. Yeah. They told me, again, biologically, there's the condom and there's the pill and... Morning after pill wasn't a conversation because I shouldn't even be getting to that point yeah. where I need the morning after pill. But like, and I was always told, oh, grew up again because in my school, like the only people that were having the sex were the white girls. Yeah. And they were all, I remember a girl coming up to me being like, yeah, like when I was 14, my mum took me to, she sat, sat me down and she's like, it's time. Oh we God. went to the clinic again, and she put like me on the pill. Girls, isn't it? And she put me on the pill. And like, and I was just like, oh my God. And you know, she and she's like, just like, I'm a cool mum. Yeah. Literally, but no. Happy hours, Friday six. Listen to this. Listen to this. She was just like, "I'm going to." Um, uh, we went to the clinic, blah blah blah, and I was just like, mind blown that she's telling me this. And then she was like, um, "What about you?" And I was like, "What? What's happening?" Yeah, literally. You think I can be having that kind? Of, are you all right? And then she's like, "Are you not close with your mum?" Like really concerned that like I'm not close to my mum because my mum's not taking me to get the pill like put me on the pill basically and I was just like mind blown and then from then I was like okay cool so I'm not to talk about it with my mum because she doesn't even want me to be doing this and I'm definitely not to talk about it to other girls because they think I'm an alien like they literally can't believe that I'm not uh, like having this conversation my mum's not handing me condoms like (laughs) you know it's crazy so yeah I thought and I could very I'm not thought I could see very clear distinction between how white girls were perceiving sex and the shame or lack of shame aspect Mm. whereas my black and brown friends were very much like we are not having sex and if we do we we don't even think about contraception because it shouldn't even get to that point Mm. but accidents happen things take over and sadly even unwanted things happen and even in those situations, how do you know how to protect yourself? Or can you, do you know what I mean? Like there's so much wrong with robbing you of the information because they think that if we give you that information, you're just going to go ahead and do it. But like I said, I think if women had known that cervical mucus literally means if you have unprotected sex on that day, you will probably get pregnant, they would have avoided having sex on those days. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just, I feel like, can that, is that not logic? I, maybe it isn't. But literally, that should be where we're starting the conversation. But yeah, sorry, carry on. So with the first ever, you're talking about the trial for the first ever contraceptive pill in Novid. Mm-hmm. Really potent pill. Very, very potent pill. And they wanted to trial it. Essentially, it was like a bunch of white people from mainland America. Uh, Margaret Sanger, Proctor from Proctor and Gamble. So like these are like big names, right? Mm. He was also a eugenicist, by the way. This trial that they did, it was based on something called eugenics and also colonization. So eugenics is this idea that we can choose... Um, what makes a human being like the best the fittest the strongest fittest yeah and we can eliminate the weakest others yeah yeah from a eugenicist point of view they would see weak as mental illness Mm -hmm. dark skin disability physical disability physical disability things like that yeah so outspoken so what these people did is they went from mainland america where most people are white they went to puerto rico and they started to give these women this pill in ovid which is extremely potent most of them didn't know they were actually in a trial, in a study. Most of them didn't know what was in the pill. A lot of them were just desperate because they wanted to be able to, what Bell Hook says, engage in something called free love, which is this idea that you can have sex with whoever you want without the repercussion of an unwanted pregnancy. So the pill, like, so the, the inception of the pill was really dark, like, from a moral point of view. The study was disgusting. It lacked ethics 
And yeah, a lot of the women came forward and they were like, I feel like X, Y, and Z, like horrific symptoms. But they just kind of passed it off because they were like, okay, this is unreliable. Like now we're not going to put that in the study. Three women also died whilst taking the pill in the trial. They didn't put that in because, you know, it's not even known to this day why those people died. Yeah, so it was just very messed up. And a lot of women, once they came off the pill, they were actually uh, sterilized. So they couldn't have that they couldn't have children anymore even if they wanted to however that study was seen as a success which is like really twisted because no one got pregnant so there you go it was a success so that's kind of how they portrayed anovid they also did more tests after that uh, in a mental asylum and they did it the same with severely mentally ill people they gave them the pill to, to test it again um so it's just like morally like disgusting right so that is the inception of the contraceptive pill that we still know use and love today um after that i remember reading this in bell hooks so um all about love new visions really good book don't know if i necessarily agree with like this part though but it's an interesting um, perspective yeah really interesting perspective is one that i would have never really thought of and i'm still thinking about it but yeah so she speaks about again this idea of free love and how important the pill was mm. so even though it came from this like really disgusting like inception it did really play an amazing role because it was distributed not that exact same like inovid not that potent thing but the contraceptive pill did play a part because then women uh, black women in particular yeah and this is where i think is really important and this is not the part that i disagree with by the way <laughs> black women in particular if they had premarital sex mm-hmm they got pregnant mm-hmm. they couldn't afford abortions mm-hmm. they had to go have you know back alley abortions herbal abortions mm-hmm. a lot of them actually died yeah yeah Literally. there was um from roe v wade very recently like i just remember being on twitter and just being like this is insane you cannot how can you make abortions illegal like it's just it's insane right so i was on twitter i was like reading all of these thread- threads from people uh, from america and one one thing that really stuck out to me and i just remember i'd put my phone away i was like i'm not i can't engage with this but this one woman basically said that she remembers a friend of hers who was in like the final semester of university she was doing really well at a really good university i can't remember what one she got pregnant she couldn't afford to get an abortion or you know i can't remember for what reason she couldn't have one but she took a herbal abortion and she was found dead in her dorm room and that is like the reality of not having safe abortions yeah access to healthcare and abortion is just healthcare so access to safe healthcare access to like reproductive knowledge and sexual education Mm. that is the repercussion of this stuff and it's so different for black women and it's going to be different it's like black women suffer the most in these spaces yeah that is just a fact Mm -hmm. brown women also suffer not as much as black women Mm -hmm. and white women also suffer but not as much as as either of the others yeah (laughs) all of the above exactly yeah so it's really important to note that like when we talk about these issues oh like abortion you know like it is an issue because if you aren't privileged it's gonna the marginalized groups are always the people who get affected the most yep so yeah that is the inception of contraception i am actually not anti-pill at all i think the pill is like really important especially for people with maybe endometriosis who have extreme pain the pill can help in situations like that pcos Mm -hmm. even you know people who just have really really strong bad periods strong bad periods also people who just don't want to get pregnant and they want to take the pill and it works for them not everyone has these like really bad side effects yeah Uh, most people do but not everyone you know i've met like to be fair only one of my clients has not had any bad side effects and that's great so if you need to use the pill i would say for me the most like feminist approach to contraception is choice yeah 
Um, my perspective is slightly different. <laughs> I was very, very challenged with the uh, current state of abortion freedom in America. What do you mean? I found myself questioning where I stand, which I know sounds no insane. I know. However, I, because again, how I grew up and what I saw, I saw a lot of girls not having the understanding or access to contraception, which I at the time, because of what I had at home with my dad, I would say mainly sitting me down and explaining not anything about the emotions or whatever, but just basic like sperm, egg, pregnancy. I thought everybody knew that. I thought that everybody has access to that. So if you know that, and then as we get older, you can scramble. It's not good, and we shouldn't have to scramble it together, but you can scramble together a basic understanding of this is how you get pregnant, and this is how you avoid it. Again, privileged, ignorant. Again, I thought everybody knew that. So I also thought as well, there was the due diligence at home, in your home, where there was somebody keeping an eye on what you're doing, whether it be in a (laughs) very aggressive way, like my mum, or in a slightly more hands-off, like, checking-in way, I, again, thought everybody had that as well. All of those things are not very likely that everybody has that. It's quite unique to have the information, the access, and the person or the support somewhere around you giving you the guidance. Very unlikely to get all three. So that already puts me in, like, probably the top 1.5 or 0.5% or whatever. So... I was seeing these people, these my friends, girls, young girls, repeatedly not enforce that their partner or whoever they were having sex with wears a condom mm. or repeatedly saying that they don't want to go on the pill themselves because of the hormones mm. and getting pregnant. Mm-hmm. And when they got pregnant, they were having abortions. And when they had an abortion, they were becoming more and more traumatized. Mm-hmm. So then I was seeing this happen in America with the abortion laws. And obviously everything in me was disgusted. Like how dare an old white man have the audacity to make a decision that's going to affect a poor marginalized woman. Obviously that's like not even a question. And that's very much where I stand. But it did make me angry that this is even able to happen. Or so many abortions are able to occur because so few women have the information about how to protect themselves or even how to say to a man i need you to cover up do you know what i mean i need you to put something on the end of it really Mm. that's what i need and so many women can't do that and it Mm. just breaks my heart and then even so you you don't you have that and then you also have women who are in a stage or a time or reality where yes choice freedom my body i'm a woman blah 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 i'm with that as well but then why if you are, you know, wanting to be free with your choices and all the rest of it, do you not think that you should learn about your body? Because if you but learn about your body, like but why? Who are we to say? I hear that, but this is where because I Because what you're trying to do is you're trying to pathologise everyone else's life. You can't. Yeah, right. This is your experience. You're right. And you care. You're right. Some people are just like trying to survive yeah. and want to have sex. And yeah. that's okay too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> it's okay, you're right. But unfortunately, my views are coloured by the experiences of my friends and my reality and what I've seen. And I just, because the other side of it for me as well, obviously the work I do, I'm a pre and postnatal personal trainer. 
So I have a huge, huge access to pregnant women and women who've just had babies. Mm -hmm. The majority of my clients are older women, let's say 40. 40 years old is the average age. That's not older in terms of like life, but for having your first baby, that's relatively It's changed in the past couple of decades, yeah. Yeah. They will tell me story after story about how much they've struggled with fertility Mm. and how they place the blame of that on their lack of knowledge of their own bodies yeah. because they didn't look into it early enough. They didn't look into why their periods might have been because they didn't know because they were on the pill. So they weren't having a real period anyway. There's so many things that are wrong with the whole setup. And what I think I want to urge and push to women is that nobody is going to be looking out for it unless you are. And when I tell the majority of people that I like track my periods uh, or like I track my cycles or I know when I'm ovulating and I, I, that's my form of contraception, mm-hmm. people just roll their eyes and they're just like, oh, yeah, yeah that's course. long. Oh, that's long. That's literally their response. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how can that be long versus looking into what's going on, not even using it, but just having that I'm knowledge? Stop you again, again you, that is your perspective. You I know, are I know, a very, I know. You are you. What I will say is, what, this is how I would say it to someone, yeah. is like the positives, like not coming from like this, oh my God, you have to do this for yourself because right, no one's yeah. going to do it. We yeah. fucking know that. Yeah. No one does True. anything for us, right? True. We live that. It's yeah. torture. Yeah. For me, it's like if you start tracking your period, you can then find out, you can unlock your superpowers. You can unlock like what is going to be your pitfalls. You can literally build your life around your cycle literally. in such an intentional way where like you're able to clear your schedule for the last days that you know you're going to be coming on or might be on and you can plan it around that so that you can actually give yourself the time that's what i've done anyway that's yeah. like it's a really beautiful thing so i would also just encourage anyone who has a period to learn about natural family planning learn about fertility awareness because it can really benefit you the best example i've got is when it's raining outside there's going to be situations where okay i'm going to cancel my plans i'm going to chill inside i'm going to put my pjs on and watch tv cool there's going to be other situations where it's raining outside and you still got to go. But you know it's raining, so you prepare yourself. You get your wellies on, you get your umbrella, you get your coat and you're prepared. And you know, like, oh, it's raining. And, you know, those are normal thoughts that you're going to have. I'm annoyed. It's wet everywhere. But it's okay because it's raining. Same with with your period, with your cycle phases. There's going to be phases where you don't want to do certain things. You might not want to go to a work meeting, but do you know what? You just got to go. But you know that you're in your luteal phase, so... You can already preempt, okay, I'm going to feel tired. I'm going to feel like this. I'm going to feel like that. Cool. That means get yourself a coffee, get yourself some (laughs) snacks, uh, wear some comfy clothes and get yourself into that meeting. And don't be so hard on yourself if you're feeling like you can't concentrate or you're feeling like you don't want to be there. Those are all natural things. We're cyclical beings. We aren't built to live the exact same day every single day, every single week. So yeah, I would say in that way and like give people grace to make that decision in like a bit of a nicer way yeah you're right i do struggle (laughs) with that the biggest thing that people tell me is i'm judgy i wouldn't say you're judgy thank you see what you just said (laughs) what what you just was saying was was judgy judgy. it was judgy and i I come from a place of love i love women i love my friends i just want people to know you talk to people like they're you but not everyone's like you that's what i do and people just get put off because they're just like, oh, Maya thinks she knows it all. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and it's just like, don't try and pathologize. Don't come to me with your problems then. I'm, it's what I want what to not... say is what I want to say. And I get that because you've got a lot of friends with problems I that come do to you. That, literally. <laughs> I get that. But yeah, if you genuinely want to help, then you've got to come, you got to meet people where they are, innit? And there's not always going to be that meeting of the minds, but yeah. you've got, if you actually want to help someone, and for me, getting people to learn fertility awareness, I want anyone mm. with a period to learn it. Mm. So I will come at it from a place of like, 
let's sit down, mm. let's talk. Whereas mm. you're just like, <laughs> you need to. <laughs> you better do this. <laughs> you better do it. Yeah. It's going to benefit you. If you don't, then it's your problem. Oh, you yeah. know, the negatives and pitfalls of your period are your problem. But yeah. it's like, you know what? It's still not their problem. Yeah, no, I don't think it's your problem. I don't. <laughs> I just want you to want. That's, what I, that's my problem. I want you to want it for you. Yeah, but some people don't. And that's also okay. Yeah. It's okay. All right, you better leave it there. I think <laughs> this was our first episode. Thank you so much if you've made it all the way through. Even if you haven't, I appreciate the time that you spent. If any of the, what we spoke about today was a bit of you, then you're going to love this series and keep listening. Obviously, please share, subscribe, send it to people you think might enjoy contact us with anything you want on our instagrams that'll obviously be released with the episode and thank you for listening see you next episode <laughs>